Everybody, Conversate With Us Radio presents the Man Listening Show. We are the blackest radio show on the internet. We bring you our opinion on topics that affect the black community in an effort to enlighten, enrich, and empower every brother and sister that falls under the sound of our voice. We operate on a no-hating frequency, so be prepared for us to keep it 100% real and 100% black all the time. Please follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Man Listen Show. You can also find the show on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play. Please share the show and make sure you use the hashtag Man Listen. I'm your host, Mar B. Let me introduce the crew. Arika, what's up with you? Hey, everybody. C, how you doing? Hey, what's good? I'm good. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. And my boy, B Lab. Lab, what's up, man? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? All right, we're doing good. We're doing good. So today we're going to talk college football, NCAA college football, but not in the way that we normally talk about it. Going down to Florida, in Florida for the Florida Gators, head coach Dan Mullen, his wife Megan Mullen, has an interesting way of greeting the players and showing them support. Uh, before they go on the gridiron. There was a story put out about Megan Mullen and how she greets most of the players on the Florida Gators and she gives them a hug and a kiss. Now, it was reported in the story that I saw that she kisses them on the lips. I didn't really see that, but she definitely was kissing them on the cheek and in their personal space in a way that many felt was inappropriate. Lav, you are a sports guy. What did you think when you saw it? Honestly, I didn't believe the coach was cool with it letting his wife do that. that that's the first thing I thought. Arika? Well, honestly, when I read the headlines, I was like super gassed up. But then when I saw the video, I had like an entirely different reaction. So when I saw her, it looks like she gives him a hug, a kiss on the cheek, but she also gives him like an individual powerful message. It looks like that they seem to be reacting to. And in the video that I saw, there were also actual players who said they look forward to it and it kind of made me think back to when I was a freshman in college not that I was playing any sports or doing anything worthwhile besides you know hanging out but being 16 I was terrified 99% of the time walking around like just the first day or two I just sat in the dorm room and cried (laughs) because I was so terrified and and I don't know how it feels to go from you know, high school to an arena where people think it's okay to criticize your dreads or criticize your playing and attack you on social media. So I don't know what it would, what it would take to keep me in a safe headspace as a professional athlete. If I had been at that vulnerable age and open to criticism from the nation, I don't know what it would take. So 
I don't necessarily know how I feel because I don't feel like the boys are necessarily in a position to say, hey, lady, back up. So you don't know if they are comfortable with it or not or if they're forced into the situation. But then I don't know how many of them are actually like, hey, this is something that I'm kind of needing. I'm far from home and this encouragement is actually helpful to my life. So I'm conflicted, honestly. See, what do you think? I was outraged. Like, I mean, as a college athlete, I mean, those kids need a lot of stuff. I mean, heck, they need a meal at 12 o'clock, you know, when the cast closed and, you know, they're already not getting paid. They do not need this woman kissing them on the lips, cheeks or whatever else when they come down from that bus. I can't believe the school allows it. And I, and I did watch the video. Some of the kids looked a little uncomfortable. Like if you don't grow up in like a home that's not necessarily touchy feeling where everybody doesn't like, you know, kiss you on the cheek. You're going to find that odd when this coach's wife, you know, kisses you on the cheek. Like some of them kind of like squirmed and look to the side and stuff like that. And if, you know, gender and race was reversed, like we wouldn't even be having this conversation and people would be calling for them to be arrested. We would have saw me too hashtag all day and night, but because she's like an older white woman, and these are young black kids. Like everybody's just, you know, making excuses for it like she does not get to impose herself on those young black men or boys however you know whatever age they are just because she feels like she wants to make them feel good they do not need a kiss from this woman coming off the bus when i saw it i actually thought it looked like a fetish like it weirded me out like you know i have a son that plays college sports like if i saw him on the video if he let her i'm gonna be mad at him but if coaches let her do it, I'm going to be mad at them. Like, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And then people justifying it. Yeah, I don't know. I signed with C on this one. I thought it was an, uh, an abuse of power. I think that it's inappropriate. She's not their mom. And maybe, like Arika said, maybe she is serving as that surrogate parent away from home. And there's times where coaches do that. There may be a, a player who maybe came from a home where there wasn't a male figure and maybe these players needed that maternal like figure from this woman, but it didn't seem as if she was trying to strategically place herself in that type of position. And I think it's inappropriate for that level of affection towards these young men who a lot of folks said, well, they could just say no, but let's not forget the power structure that's involved. And when people talk about, sexual harassment, when they talk about the Me Too movement, one of the things that's always talked about is the power dynamic and how the power dynamic is uneven. So my question is, do you think that even though these young men, and they're men, they're men when they're playing for this team, these young men are really going to be comfortable in rebuking and rejecting this woman when she is the head coach's wife and she is a white woman and the potential type of blowback that can come from rejecting coach's wife in this manner. I think it's inappropriate. And like C said, if the roles were reversed and it was a black man who was kissing on the white gymnast or on the, the women's volleyball team, um, people would be in the uproar and they would be calling for his head. So I'm not understanding why this woman is, be, is given a pass. You know what? I agree with that because I definitely think it would be different if the roles were reversed as far as gender or race. When C said, if that was my son, my first thought was, yeah, he better not. <laughs> I was like, no, no, <laughs> that's definitely not going to happen. I'll be down there muffing her in the face. Some of us, he has a mom and please keep your lips to yourself. 
You should not be putting them on my child. And I think definitely with the power structure, there's no way that those kids feel like it's okay to say no because they know they want to start. They know they want to play. They know they want to not be running suicides hall practice or something like that. They know that there could be potential, like you said, blowback. And they just want to be included, you know, even if the coach wouldn't necessarily be mad at them. If you have, uh, what is it, Lab? How many, or Mar, both of y'all, but you know, how many, I guess, athletes are on the football team scholarships? It's like 60-something, right? 85. 85 for D1. So if, like, you know, what, 60 or 70 letter kiss them in a year that, you know, 10 or 20, like, I mean, I think essentially they'll be excluded. I think the whole coaching staff will treat them differently. I mean, it, it did come up with some weird type of fetish for me. You know what I mean? Like, it, it look, it definitely looked weird. I was right. wondering, like, so Dan Mullen, this isn't his first coaching job. So I'm right. like, I wonder, did he do that at these other schools? Because this is the first I had heard of it was at Florida. But he was at Mississippi State. You know what I mean? He was at, like, a smaller school before, too. So I, I just, I don't know. It, it, it definitely was, you know, I didn't think it was a huge deal. But it definitely, in my mind, I was like, it, it looked a little weird. Yeah. So let's so let's talk about the double standard though, because and the, the thing that that came to my mind when I was thinking about this this topic before we came on air to do the show. How many of y'all remember the eight hour funeral that they had for Aretha Franklin? <laughs> it was it was. Yeah, it, I do. I yeah, do. yeah, I remember. Long, I didn't watch all eight hours, but no, I, I went to work and it was on. I didn't watch it home and it was on. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so there was a pastor. There was a there was a pastor that was in the pulpit, and they had different celebrities coming up to sing in tribute to Aretha Franklin, and Ariana Grande was one of the people that came on the stage, and this pastor gave her a hug and was talking while before she was she left the stage, and it was pointed out how his fingers as he wrapped his arms around her to embrace her, his finger was touching her side boob, and everybody talked about how inappropriate this was. Uh, he was wrong for that. He ain't slick. They know he knew what he was doing, and it was a shame that she had to go along with that on public TV because she didn't want to be the one to speak up and cause an outrage. And that's what happens when abusers abuse their victims. And everybody has something to say, and nobody said, "Wait a minute, well maybe it was just an accident." Why are we not seeing that same type of outrage for this? I mean, at, to right. me, it just Joe baffles. Biden. Me. It baffles. Joe me. Biden when he rubbed old girl's shoulders, you know, he got backlash for that. This is much more egregious than that. So, so, but why is there why is there that double standard though? I mean, uh, Arika, see, I mean, speak up from a woman's perspective. Why do you think there's that double standard? I mean, we we do our best to support our women. We talk about all the time about supporting our black women, believing them when they say something bad has happened to them and doing what we can to make sure that there is no that, that the rape culture that a lot of people um, try to say exists in the black community, whatever whatever part of it does exist, we try to stamp it out. But why aren't our young men and our young boys given that same type of support and cover? I think because for some reason, the movement has been transformed into an idea of consent to an idea of protecting women in all kinds of situations. I think that women have hijacked Me Too, they've hijacked rape culture, and they've hijacked all of these things to make it incumbent, incumbent upon men to protect us in all situations, as opposed to 
identifying that the issue that we're looking for is consent. And so when you look at it as just consent, it's consent for men and women, not just a how can men not be rapists and how can men protect women from being raped. It's an idea of consent that's beyond gender. It goes to intent and people's level of comfort. And like C said, if you're raised in an environment where physical contact is not common or usual, then your level of consent for physical contact is going to be different. So when we take the argument away from consent and it starts getting more geared towards just protecting women, it leaves men out in the cold. And I think that's a big issue for like gay men or straight black men who feel like they're not allowed to voice their concerns about consent for fear of being either victimized by people in their own gender is oh what do you mean you don't like a girl touching you like that or being victimized by the community as a whole because oh well you're a homophobe if you don't like hugging this person or you don't want this person hugging you so it's like it kind of puts people in a position where you're not comfortable giving your true consent or being truthful about how you feel about the situation just because the conversation has veered away from what it's supposed to be which is actual consent and me being comfortable in a situation no matter who me is and geared towards well let's protect all these people women and gay and transgendered who have been traditionally victimized while ignoring that people of all races and genders and whatnot have been victimized sexually throughout time i see this off with my own son now my son just turned 17. Dude is 6'3", 230 pounds. I mean, he's, he's, he's full-grown man size, even though he's not a full-grown man. And I started noticing about three years ago, when he was about 13 or 14, people looking at him differently. And we were in Atlanta, and to me, he's still my son. This is the dude that I got to fuss at to clean his room. But... He was starting to mature, puberty had hit, and his body was developing, but he still had that baby face. And there were women who would come up and, and were approaching him and like, hey, how old are you? Because you look grown, but your face doesn't look that way. And I'm looking at them like, hey, you better get the hell away from my son. I'm like, what, what are you doing with your grown self? And I chalked, <laughs> it up, I chalked it up as just like a one-off situation, but then as he be, continued to grow and develop and he started to you know develop you know more masculine features you know not looking like a young boy started looking more like a young man i started seeing women reference my son oh Jalen's thick fine Jalen's fine and i started even looking at some of the women that, that saw him like there had been a, a period of time from when they last saw him and then the current time that they saw him and they were looking like Dang, you done growing up, and and, and and I'm for real. I'm seeing I'm seeing lust in their eyes. That's not funny. I'm seeing lust in their eyes, and I'm like, nah, you need to back the, you need to back all the way up. You know what I mean? Because I don't want him having any of that type of attention because he's not emotionally mature enough for any type of that any type of attention from from a grown woman in that perspective. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of men who think it's a notch on the belt that while they were teenagers, some grown woman mm-hmm. took advantage of them. 
I was a teenager and a grown woman came on to me and I don't consider myself a victim, but it does affect you. And I don't think that we can just write off our boys. I think they deserve the same amount of protection that we give our girls. And, and we can't be oblivious to, to, to the fact that this type of stuff happens. Oh, no, I think that's scary to me. Like, I, <laughs> this is the moment in, in the show where I start throwing my family members under the bus. But <laughs> I know a lot of men who have encountered older women as children and they don't consider that victimization and i'm like you were 13 she was 21 you are a victim you do realize that right you are assaulted as a child and you have a skewed view of relationships as a result of that but you know what but you know what i hate to cut you off because i want you to finish your train of thought but it's hard for us as men to look at it that way yeah. Because, because, because in my situation, I was probably like that's what leads to the double yeah, standard too. Yeah, though. I was yes. like, I was like fifteen or sixteen, and she was like, you know, twenty one or so. And if the roles had been reversed, she'd be, I'd be dead wrong, dead wrong. But right, you just be dead, <laughs> right? Yeah, you just right. be dead, yeah, right? But and uh, there's no, but and I don't feel right. I don't feel comfortable, Arika, labeling myself as a victim. I just don't. I don't I don't feel that even though technically I was. But go ahead and finish the train of thought. I'm sorry. See, but there's no technically. And it's that frame of thought and there's that line of reasoning that prevents us from protecting our young men, like you say. So we carry into life this stereotype that he's lucky, he should be happy. And then he should, you know, some older woman finds him attractive and gave him his first sexual experience. Congratulations. And then we treat men like that in life. And we wonder why they're not emotionally prepared for relationships. And usually it's because their first sexual experience was simply some older woman taking advantage of them. So if the first time you were in a what you consider to be a relationship when you're 13 and this girl is 20 and she only comes to see you when she can and has sex with you and then doesn't really talk to you, then you think that's normal. Then you carry that into your relationships thinking that that's how it's supposed to be as opposed to just being a child and developing feelings for someone and letting it naturally progress. And then we wonder why men and women aren't on the same page. We teach our girls to to protect you know, their virginity and we teach our boys to give it up the first chance that they get. And we wonder why everybody's so confused. And then that whole victimization thing, there are people, women too, we're all taught to question whether or not we get to be a victim. And it's like, well, I didn't scream, so I'm not really a victim. Well, I'm a guy, so I'm not really a victim. And it's that whole mentality that prevents us from healing period everybody because as long as we keep giving excuses and outs for people who are victimizers we're never going to get to the point where we're all happy and healthy functional individuals because we're always going to be like well this one part was my fault well I'm a guy so that part was my fault so but if I had been a girl that would have been wrong but because I'm a guy then that part was my fault when it's scream, so this part was my fault so I think that stops us from healing because we're still taking on responsibility for stuff that we had no control over. And it's unfair to children and our adult selves that haven't healed yet. See, what do you think? 
I, I think Eureka made uh, great points, but I also think like physical anatomy has a lot to do with it too. A lot of people think, you know, the definition of rape is, you know, sec- is um, sexual intercourse or any type of penetration, but they don't realize a lot of our, not only just black males, but a lot of males, period, experience sexual assault. If you grab a girl down there in the front or something like that, then, you know, everybody knows that's just something you can't do. But how many girls in high school or in college or older women grab, you know, men down there in the front and they think think it's funny, everybody laughs it off. And then, you know, like I said, as far as the sexual assault and sexual intercourse too, a lot of times people figure because a man is sexually aroused that he's not being raped or, you know, not experiencing sexual assault. And because of female, you know, you actually have to, you know, somebody has to like almost force themselves on you. They're okay with her saying that she was raped or victimized or something like that. So I think that contributes to the double standard too. And that's why so many men don't even report sexual assaults compared to the women that actually report them. You know, there was a time when I used to look at, before I had a teenage son and myself, there was a time when I would look at those stories where they would show like the high school teachers um, having sex with the students. And I used to be like, damn, why, hey, why I didn't have no teacher like that? <laughs> right, I, used, right. I, I really yeah. used to think that way. And now I look at it and I'm like, you nasty trick. You up here getting these right. teenage boys and you doing that. And that comes from wisdom and being a father and seeing how our young men could be thrown off and distracted by young girls their age. Yeah. Imagine the type of games... Yeah and manipulation and just mind control that a grown, a full-grown woman can have over an underdeveloped. And when I say underdeveloped, look at my son. Physically, he's developed. But mentally, emotionally, he's underdeveloped. And that would be an issue for any young man put in that type of situation. So what would happen if this lady was kissing on these young men as they come off the bus and one of them palms her ass? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One on pause her ass. And then the next one. I don't want to relax what she wants. Exactly. I believe it too. It's some old cuckold fetish, you know, the coach and wife. You know what I mean? In my personal opinion. But, like, what, what if that would happen? Then we have another Emmett Till situation. You know what I mean? Like, come on. But, laugh, go ahead, man. I'll cut you off, brother. No, no. I was just saying, yeah. No, if, if, that, if they did that to the coach's wife. Then yeah, it would, it would be a uh, that's where that double standard come in. That she could do what she wants to them. You know that goes back to, and I, I heard a lot of people say, "Well, why are y'all making this racial?" And how can you not see that there's some racial element to it? I mean, part of the effects of slavery. One of the main tenets of slavery was we did not have control over our bodies. We did not have control with how we worked, what we did. We did not have control. If Massa wanted to rape one of our women, we did not have control. If they made us be bucks who to impregnate our women, they did not, we did not have control. If Massa's wife wanted a Mandingo to come into the big house and give her that pipe, we didn't have, we didn't have control over that. And this is what I thought about when I saw this woman imposing herself on these young black men. Did y'all automatically jump to the racial element like myself, or do you think that that piece isn't a part of this? Oh, so I definitely think that piece is a part of this, but I would have felt the same way if it was an all-white hockey team. Like, she does not get to do that. But I did, I mean, 
So the first thing that came to our mind, I actually read one of my Facebook friends said the exact same thing. I thought about Miss Millie in the color purple when she was kissing Miss Sophia's kids. Like, you know, she really liked them and they were cute and pinching their cheeks. And then next thing you know, like the full blown racist came out since, you know, something happened or she didn't like how she was being spoken to. And so I'm just kind of worried about this same situation with these boys. You know, what's going to happen one time when she's mad at them or somebody turns their head to the side? You know, what are we going to say? Like you said, it's going to be another Emmett Till situation. Yeah. And and I mean, it's, it's hard not to see any type of racial aspect to it because big time D1 college football in the South is, I mean, race is front and center with everything with that, man. You go to, I mean, from the songs they play, the flags, you know, the, the things they do on campus. Um, race is a, is a big part of it. I mean, down south. Well, I'm, I say down south, uh, but more so down south. I think in the SEC, those schools then then, then say like a Big Ten or a Pac Ten school, where we're still an element, but not as pronounced. And see, in my mind, I think because of my personal experience, I went straight to the sexual assault element of this grown coach's wife kissing on these boys. But I think that. As far as a racial element, to me, that's just, it goes unspoken. Because there's no way that I would have ever thought that I could do anything like that and right. get away with it. Like, <laughs> right. we don't even, we don't even think like that. Like, this is going to, in any world, be okay. Like, I, 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 I can't even imagine a world where I would think that it's okay to just go kissing on other people's children. And there won't be repercussions. That's because you don't have the privilege that this woman has and the power it is and the power you know that's the power yeah yeah and i and i don't and i don't care what anybody says you know don't try to frame it as you know oh i'm doing i'm doing all these nice things for these young black men now nah, you ain't got to do that you ain't got to do that if you if you want to do something for them if you want to encourage them how about write a little note and leave it in the locker right. you know saying right. something they something, need encouragement something, but something, not like that yeah something that's motivating you know what i mean or, Y'all make big time money as head football coach. Have some food at the crib. Feed those young men. Do something like that. You going up and hugging them and in full frontal hugging them. She wasn't getting no side hug either. It wasn't no day. It wasn't no side hug. And it wasn't no right. And, right. It, right. And, right. And, and it wasn't was no church a, pack. A couple of them, I thought they was about to like fall out and start making out, man. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. it wasn't no it church. Was it, it wasn't no. Weird. It wasn't. It wasn't no hug that I would give my mama. There wasn't no hug that I would give my mama. So what, this lady all up in their face talking to him. Like, nah, man, let's 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 get off of this. And, and if you and if you black and you giving this woman a pass, I need you to really wake up. But I think th- the problem is we got too many brothers. And I'm gonna call brothers out on this one. And it's like what we talked about with uh, the Botham John trial. Too many of us are so eager to get that pat on the head and that affection from white mama and white daddy that we say, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? I mean, they ain't kicking our behind. She's actually hugging and kissing on these boys. Why y'all tripping? It's a problem. And that's why so many of them think that we just are dying to have them. And we're not. That being said, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. We appreciate everybody listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Man Listen Show. You can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. We'll holler at you next time. Peace. If you really well, want to listen, I'll title. email it to you. As a, if you really want to listen, I'll email it to you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs>